Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. I'm Kathleen Hayes along with Pim Fox. U.S. Treasury 30-year bonds sell at a record low 2.17%. Germany's benchmark 10-year Bund selling at a negative yield for the first time ever. This, as the Federal Reserve signals that the U.S. is growing modestly and traders scratch their heads over where central banks around the world are going next. We'll be speaking with Lindsay Piegza, chief economist at Stiefel Nicholas, about the Beige Book and about the Federal Reserve in the U.S. economy. But right now, let's go to Charlie Pellet in the Bloomberg Newsroom for Bloomberg Business Flash. And I thank you, Pim Fox. Thank you, Kathleen Hayes. The Dow and S&P are higher. NASDAQ lower. And this update is brought to you this Wednesday by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit sector spdrs.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. Philip Hammond has been appointed the UK's Chancellor of the Exchequer, tasked with the job of protecting the economy from the fallout of Brexit, a meeting new Prime Minister Theresa May's pledge to tackle, quote, burning injustice in society. He must now decide how best to stimulate the UK economy, which is already at risk of sliding into recession, while quelling voters' frustration following six years of George Osborne's austerity-driven policies. Federal Reserve out with its Beige Book report, and it says the U.S. economy expanded at a modest pace since mid-May amid slight price pressures and some softening in consumer spending. The rally in U.S. shares faltering today, equities fluctuating at all-time highs as crude plunges amid an unexpected rise in fuel stockpiles. Treasuries have halted a two-day slide. Laura Rosner is senior economist at BNP Paribas. We're getting more easing and more concern uh, externally. It's just increasing demand for assets that actually are yielding something positive. And so that's fueling demand for U.S. Treasury securities and, and driving them much lower. So, no, it's not really fundamentals which are, are driving U.S. Treasury yields. And right now we do have gold up seven-tenths of one percent. S&P 500 index unchanged. And now we'll look at the other stories making news. Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Eric Schatzker. Hillary Clinton is talking unity today while on the road in Illinois, one day after Bernie Sanders officially endorsed her. Clinton spoke at the old state house in Springfield. There is too much violence and hate in our country. Too little trust and common ground. An analysis by the New York City Council finds that Donald Trump's proposals to deport illegal immigrants and temporarily ban Muslims could hurt the local economy. The council finds the plans could cost the state more than $800 million and the city more than 340,000 jobs. British Prime Minister David Cameron has left Downing Street for the last time as leader. Mr. Cameron thanked his political supporters, his children, and offered a special thank you to his wife, Samantha. You have kept me vaguely sane, and as well as being an amazing wife, mother, and businesswoman, you have done something every week in that building behind me to celebrate the best of voluntary service in our country. UK Home Secretary Theresa May has taken over from Cameron as the new Prime Minister. Cameron Sterling is calling on protesters to protest the right way, protest in peace. 
He's the 15-year-old son of Alton Sterling, a black man who was shot and killed by white police officers outside a convenience store in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, last week. There are extensive subway delays across the city. Officials say a power outage at a rail control center has caused major backups on the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6 lines. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Eric Schatzker. This is Bloomberg. Charlie? And we thank you. And again, recapping a move higher for the Dow Jones Industrial Average, up by two-tenths of one percent. S&P up by less than half a point. Little change there. NASDAQ is down two-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pelleton. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock, the Fed in Focus on Bloomberg Radio. The Fed in Focus reports from the 12 Federal Reserve districts indicate that economic activity continued to expand at a modest pace across most regions from mid-May through the end of June. Here to tell us more, Lindsay Piegza, chief economist at Stiefel Nicholas, joining us from Chicago. And she can be followed on Twitter at Lindsay Piegza. All right, Lindsay, so tell us a little bit about your reaction to the Beige Book. Well, it's pretty much in line with expectations. The Beige Book has consistently painted a much rosier picture of the U.S. economy than the data would otherwise suggest. Remember, at the start of the year, with a very slow start out of the gate, the Beige Book continued to emphasize that economic activity expanded at a moderate pace, a very similar tone that we continue to hear in this morning's report. Well, actually, what I really see in this Beige Book is the word modest amid slight price pressures. To me, this is a very, very cautious view of how the economy is growing. It doesn't seem to me there's anything that suggests, oh, my gosh, we're seeing a big spurt of growth here. Well, I think the idea is more stability. The economy continued to grow at a modest or moderate pace. What I'm really looking for is an acknowledgement that the U.S. economy is still on very fragile footing. Now, of course, they did mention that manufacturing activity was mixed, consumer spending showing some signs of softening. But what's so interesting is that they talked about the labor market remaining stable. And, of course, as we know, May employment virtually non-existent, followed by a very large uptick in June, the exact opposite of what I would describe as stable. <laughs> Lindsay, take away all the politics, take away Brexit, all of the extraneous events. If you were just to read this beige book and then add into that the release of the previous FOMC minutes, Can you tell me what your position would be about raising interest rates? Well, I think right now it's a matter of so-so economic growth, and it really depends where your bar of expectation falls. For me, I'm looking for strong, solid, robust growth in order for the Fed to feel comfortable to give us that second rate increase. But for many, sitting at these low, low levels for years now, so-so or modest is good enough, and some at the Fed will certainly push for a second rate increase within the confines of 2016. It's hard to uh, sort it all out at times, isn't it? But I think we had a a terrific story on the Bloomberg today pointing out that uh, in terms of the odds of the December interest rate increase, they're back up to 29%, which is almost where they were before the Brexit vote. It still doesn't indicate that people are betting on a rate hike this year, at least not traders, because there are economists more and more, I think, once again, who are seeing the December hike. your 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 view, will they hike it all this year, Lindsay? And is it better if they do or they don't? 
I think at this point the Fed is going to remain on the sidelines through 2016 and most likely the the better part of 2017. I think right now it's very fragile out in the economy. And I think the Fed really learned their lesson from lifting off in December based on expectations of further improvement, which we're still waiting for now six months later. And so I think a good portion of the committee is going to err on the side of caution waiting for realized improvement rather than expecting improvement down the line. Tell us about your thoughts having to do with the Bank of England. Will they cut rates? I think there's a need for additional stimulus. There's a significant amount of uncertainty. There's a significant amount of volatility out in the marketplace. And I think additional support from the Bank of England will, at the very least, begin to calm some of those uh, those uncertainties in the marketplace. So I do expect another rate cut, uh, additional stimulus out in the marketplace. Okay. A lot of, of course, the bets are almost evenly divided among economists between tomorrow July 14th, Thursday, or three weeks from now. And as you and you point out, they, they probably will move pretty quickly. But I want you also to comment on the negative bond yields. The 30-year bond selling at a record low, 2.17%. Germany's 10-year bond now with a negative yield. Uh, if you're a central banker, do you just say, well, we've bought up so much sovereign debt that there's nothing left to buy and they'll take any kind of yield they can get? Or would you be concerned? I think it's a little from column A and a little from column B. Certainly central banks have gone around buying up all uh, a substantial amount, I should say, of debt. But at this point, it's also a concern. It's a flight to quality trade. As investors are looking out in the marketplace, and we're experiencing three, four, five standard deviation events, particularly surrounding the Brexit, and there's a rush to these safe havens, be that German bonds, be that the yen, be that the dollar or gold. And I suspect that we will continue to see these capital flows into these safe havens during this time of uncertainty. If these capital flows into these safe havens continue on the institutional and corporate level, then what is an individual supposed to make of all this? Well, I, I think individuals are very concerned at this point, and I do suspect that we're going to see a lot of individuals hoarding cash, pulling their money out of the marketplace with a big question mark of where are we headed from here. Now, again, the beige books, Fed officials, they're telling us the economy is on relatively moderate footing, but there is a big concern that we could be discussing the R word, recession sometime in the near future. And, of course, uh, the fact that the yield curve gets ever flatter as the yields continue to drop on long-term treasuries and long-term debt around the world. Typically, that is has been in the past a signal that that R-word recession could be coming. It's a little bit more complicated these days, though. Lindsay Piedska, thank you so very much for joining us. Chief Economist at Stifel, Nicholas & Co., we're going to be continuing our look at the markets. Later in the show, we'll be speaking with Jack Ablin from BMO Private Bank in Chicago. This is Bloomberg. Fed in Focus is brought to you by Willoughby's since 1898, New York City's boutique camera store for precision-crafted Hasselblad and Leica cameras, plus a full selection of GoPro action-adventure cameras. Willoughby's, corner of 5th Avenue and 31st Street. 